When you publish your video, the secret to it doing well is truly being able to say, if I hadn't made this, if I wasn't in this, if this wasn't my mastermind, it's so good, I still would have shared it with my friends, my family. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing, brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Inbound Buzz. You're listening to episode number 60, and I hope you're well wherever you're listening to the show. As I mentioned last week, this episode, I'm bringing you the interview with Amy Schmittauer, author of the new best-selling book and my book of the month, Vlog Like a Boss. Now, this book really couldn't have come at a better time because if you want to kill it with video in 2017, Amy is the person to follow and this is the book for you. Now, there's a Skype video recording of the episode. You can check it out at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP60. I do apologize in advance because even though the video is a little bit choppy, the audio is perfect. So check it out if you want to watch the video version. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. I do encourage you to stick around to the very end so you can hear me rap out a few lines live in front of Amy as a bit of a thank you for coming onto the show. I do hope you enjoy it. My embarrassment is your entertainment. All right, guys, let's jump straight into it and learn a thing or two from Amy Schmittauer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Inbound Buzz. I know I always say this, but I always mean it. I'm very, very excited uh, by our guest today, very humbled by her presence, the Amy Schmittauer. Did I get that right? Yes, thank thank you. Thank God. Okay. She's the author of a new book, Vlog It Like a... No, sorry. I call it Vlog It Like a Boss because I'm kind of (laughs) jamming to a version of Snoop Dogg's Drop It Like a... Uh, oh, that's I like that. So, I'm to, I, I accept. That's amazing. Because <laughs> I, I keep getting it wrong, but it's, it is called vlog like a boss. I'm also excited because even though you know this is episode 60 and we've been doing this for a while, this is the first time we're doing a Skype video version. How could I not do that with Amy? So be sure to check out the video version if you're listening to the audio version at redpandas.com.au forward slash ep60. Now, Amy is the vlog boss. She runs Savvy Sexy Social, and she's going to teach us today on how to kill it on video. So I'll get you to drop your story in a second, Amy, but if there's one thing I can say, because you know, people like you tend to be more humble than you need to, is that she's got, you can see this on my recording, she's got a little note here by the Gary Vaynerchuk. So um, she doesn't mess around people. So Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. That's very sweet, and and I just I'm I'm happy to be here. So thank you so much for that amazing intro. I appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. So Amy, particularly for our Australian fans, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living and your area of expertise? Yeah, sure. So I am a video content marketing specialist. I help brands with their YouTube and mostly these days, social media video. Um, and so that can be everything from what I do at Vlog Boss Studios, which is my company that I've had for about six years, which is usually a small business that just wants a little bit of counseling on how to do something. So they'll usually buy a product for me that teaches them how to leverage vlogging. And then, um, 
Aftermark is the other company that I own with my fiance. And we actually work with more medium to large size businesses that kind of need help designing a video campaign and sometimes producing that content as well. So all over the map, sort of just doing video storytelling for companies that are trying to do a better job of communicating to their customers online. I introduce people to that concept by having my own YouTube show uh, and a lot of other fun marketing things happening uh, as well. And that's, that's pretty much who I am in a nutshell. I'm pretty much just making videos all the time and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, um, the, the severity of how often you make videos, I think you, you've made what, how many videos now? That was a thousand something? Or? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely getting close to 2000 in my career. Uh, Savvy Sexy Social is on episode 722 today. So yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. So what I love about this book, right, so it is vlog, right? So it's called Vlog and Like a vlog. Boss, but Yeah, I'm glad you said that. A lot of people like to say vlog and I'm like, that sounds so funny. Like it's just vlog. Just like you would say blog, it's vlog. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a great start with us like, oh God, he called it. No, that's vlog. okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> people do it all the time. I just like I'm like, I don't know if I have like hard feelings about it, but I'm like, eh, I, I never say vlog, like ever. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So no one says vlog, right? So yeah. No, say, exactly. <laughs> so it, that that is the title, right? But I don't want people to get um because I've tried to like scream through this, because we're in Australia, everything everything takes like years to get to us. So I, I didn't get to read the entire thing, so I've tried to scream through it as much as I can. And it, it's just been I incredible. appreciate your patience with it getting there, so thank you. <laughs> oh, well, apparently Amazon's going to come here. When it does, people are going to freak out, the businesses, but oh, anyway. Gosh. So Gary Vee, you managed to uh, get Gary Vee's attention, um, which was just incredible. And uh, what, I, what I really love most about your story, you, you've said it on you know, Savvy Sexy, Sexy Social, and you've also mentioned it in the book is you had an opportunity just to go see him and you did it. Like you just, it wasn't even a question for you. You're like, yeah, cool. I've got to get shit done and I've got an opportunity to, to see Gary and I'm going to make it happen. So if you could give a quick background about that, yeah. and your, your connection with Gary Vee, I think, I think that that's quite telling of who you are. Yeah. As a sure. So, I mean, I, I had been aware of Gary for a, a little while and he was doing one of his classic eight hour live streams Actually, it may have been the first time he ever did it. I'm not really sure if he did it for the thank you economy, but it was for Jab, 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 Right Hook, which was his third business book. And um, I think, duh, 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 yeah. And he basically was on the stream and, and you know, he gets people on to ask live questions and he's sort of negotiating, like, how many books are you going to buy? And it was so crazy, like, watching that for the first time. I don't think I've actually said this, like, I want to say it now because it was so crazy watching that for the first time because I'm watching this and he was so natural with who he was pulling on camera, like, answering the question, having a conversation. And then he was just so like, so how many books are you buying? Like, it was so matter of fact. And I was just like, this is fascinating because I don't know that these people have ever actually spoken to each other before. And he was just so direct with, so you're going to get eight books. Like it was like, that's mm. the thing, right? Super eight, you know, eight hour live stream. Are you going to buy eight books? Cause I just had you come on and I gave you some value and I never asked for any return. So I just was fascinated by him. One of the things that I did was essentially just get on live video and ask him a question. He really liked my question. So immediately like I got some attention there. And then, um, 
Long story short, I ended up just negotiating X number of books for a trip to the airport because he was coming to Columbus to speak. We didn't have Uber here at the time. It was just a couple months off. Thank God. And I had I had a really great in, like, I'll take you to the airport. It's literally like a seven-minute ride. You're not even committing to that much time with me. It's, it was super easy. But I bought a bunch of books in order to do it. And long you know, story short, again, in the car, we really just – I was just impressed by him. It didn't even matter what advice he gave me or, or anything that I felt I wanted out of that, out of that ride. It was just that I felt so, I just mad. I felt like I mattered to him and I never thought that I was going to feel that way. He'd already researched me before we got in the car. He watched some of my content, which, you know, Gary does not watch anything. I mean, like he doesn't have time to do anything, but his own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was very impressed with him. Uh, when I did get his book, just like everybody else, whenever it came in the mail, it wasn't like it was a, it was like a, it wasn't sent to me in advance or anything. I got the book when I ordered it and I just thought I'd have fun with the review. And I did a musical book review. I changed the the words to a Mariah Carey Christmas song cause it came out around the holidays and, um, and I shared that video and I uploaded it just like it was any other day, but I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. This is the craziest thing I've ever done on my YouTube channel. And, uh, I, I just hope he likes it. It wasn't about like getting getting the shares and getting the retweets, which he did ultimately do when he did find it. But it was just that I wanted him to know how impressed I was with him and that book. I mean, that book was just phenomenal what he did. And so that's pretty much what happened. And then, you know, you do one musical book review and then the next time he's got a book coming out, he's like, Hey girl, are you going to do another one? And so that was kind of cool. I was like, all right. So he sent me an advanced copy and I did, I did another one for his book, Ask Gary V. And when I asked him for something, he said, yes, I just, I just said, you know, it would be amazing if I could have your name on the front of my book, mm. because I do want to write about how I got your attention. I think that has a lot to do with video today is how you really make something for one person and get their attention. And, uh, so he said, yes. And I think part of that is that people forget that you can be mentored by somebody, but not actually require time from them. Sure. I had his time when we had that seven minute ride to the airport, but he needed that anyway. I really didn't take anything from him ever. Mm. I never asked for a half an hour of his day. I never came to his office and had a meeting. I never asked for really anything other than his attention. Uh, and I, and in order to do that, I made something for him. And so when I asked, you know, for something as simple as a quote, to, to be a testimonial to my book, it was just easy for was, him to say, yes, right. I made it easy for him. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway is it doesn't matter who your mentor is or how much connection you've actually had with them. You know, how can you give value to them that actually is going to matter to them? Not, not because you decided it's valuable, but they have genuinely decided that it's going to be valuable to them. And then you go above and beyond. I mean, that's how you get someone's attention and that's what you have to do with video today. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many points that you just made. Like you obviously at inbound at inbound 2015. That's what yeah. inbound marketing is about. That's what the, yeah. the right hook is about. Um, you're right. You know, people often look for. Not everybody has the opportunity to have. I've had a great mentor, and I, I can just tell. And I know you you have mentors as well. But not everybody has that. But the point is, hey, you know, it's the age of the internet. You can you can be surrounded by these five people. To be honest, Amy, that's why I have this podcast. You know, David Meme and Scott once asked me, he goes, oh, you know, like, how's the podcast going? I'm like, dude, I'm just happy to ask you questions, man. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so I want to get back to this. It's so selfish, but it so is. amazing all at the same time. What I was getting at before I got distracted, and I'm going to try not to get too distracted and say my main questions that I have in the time that I have with you. But even though it's called Vlog It Like a Boss, it's really around a video. Because obviously this is an inbound marketing um, uh, show. Most of our listeners are marketers or business owners. And I love how you've kind of codified how to kill it on video. Like this should be called a video marketing for dummies, in my opinion. But a question I want to ask you is, what is the reason most people give up? Like, more specifically, why do they lose steam when it comes to video, in your opinion? Because everything takes time. And if they don't see the results they want to see in the heartbeat that they were hoping to see them, then they give up. And it's easy to do that with video because of how much effort and energy and money and, and strategizing and pivoting and continuing to do the thing every single day that it takes in order to work. It's easy to do that with Twitter and just keep doing it because you're like maybe writing 140 characters or maybe taking a photo. But video is just more time and it takes longer and that's it. Like people just give up because if they don't see the results quickly, they they're done with it. They just don't, they don't want to do it and that's fine. But everyone seems to forget how long it takes to build a real relationship with someone. And that's the impact that video has the ability to do. Mm. And therefore it will take more time, not just to produce, but to make that connection. And that's just it. But at the same time, it's putting you just miles ahead of the person that's only tweeting, right? So you have the give and take there, but they give up because it just takes too long. It's just, and then they don't get the results in five minutes, especially when you have this conversation of YouTube versus five, uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook, you upload a video, you just get views. It's just like, you know, God's gift to video happens to yeah. you, apparently. You just get views. And everyone's like, why am I not just uploading video to Facebook? Because when you go to YouTube and you're fresh on the, the YouTube scene, you're not getting anything. You, you're just not because you've not done anything. Everyone thinks that Facebook's doing you a favor. They're, they're not either because you made friends, you liked baby photos, you have had comments and conversations and groups and pages and all these things that have fueled your Facebook page to have a rapport with people. And so when you upload video there, you're going to get views, period. End of story. But if you go to YouTube and you've done nothing there, you get nothing. So I think that's part of it is we get confused about the context of where we're going, where we're going and, and how everything needs to be different. Well, what works on Facebook additionally doesn't work the same on YouTube. So now you have that component to add to it mm-hmm. um, and then vice versa for everywhere else. So with, you know, so many people thinking repurpose means copy paste and that's not true. You know, that's not what repurposing is. You have to analyze the context of every social network and understand what your rapport with people are on that social network in order to determine the, the amount of success that makes sense. We can't all be Chewbacca mom. Like it's just not. And even she had friends that she went live for on Facebook and they were there and they supported her and she went viral. So there's always something happening there. It's not always going to be so fast and overnight. And I think that's frustrating to people because they don't want to wait. Nobody's patient enough. Yeah, everyone wants silver, silver pills, right? We'll get to a silver pill in the end. You've got a chapter on the secret, which is, which is funny, but also very useful as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you speak so masterfully on the idea of vulnerability. And like, you know, you, you talk about like needing it and owning it. So 
to that point, what do you say to people? And you know what, Amy, I want to apologize for seemingly some of the softball nature of these questions, but you probably see time and time again the basic questions are asked all the time, which is why I'm asking for our audience. But what do you say to people who say, yeah, but you know, I'm not as photogenic as Amy is, or I'm not as extroverted as Amy is. Um, I don't have that personality. What do you say to that person? I would say I'm not that photogenic and I'm not extroverted at all. (laughs) And secondly, it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about who's watching this right now. So if while you're in your own head about your issues with yourself, that's fair. I mean, we have to edit this stuff back. We have to watch it back. And I think we're going to learn some things by doing so. But that doesn't mean you don't share it. If if you did something valuable and it's actually going to help someone or entertain someone, then post it because it's about that person in that moment. It doesn't matter if you're the most good looking person on the planet or if even if you're well-spoken enough, there's plenty of people that do an amazing job with video just because they're just their true selves. Sometimes their true selves doesn't mean that they don't, that they're not perfect. You know, it means that they're not perfect. It means that they stumble on their words. It means that they don't get it right every single time. It means they have to think about their thought before they can get it out. And that's okay. And I think that's the issue. And it's, understandable because it's the first thing you see is yourself on camera. And so it's the first thing you analyze, but you have to think about it from the perspective of the viewer and, and what they're thinking right now. Is this worth their time based on what you presented is the value proposition of this content in the first place? Did you present that this, that this content is going to be the most good looking and well-spoken person on the planet on display? Probably not. But if it was a tutorial of some kind or information of some kind or a performance of some kind, then make good on that promise because everything else is just going to fall into place. And and that's what I talked about today on, on my video today was all about how your personality and the content matter. A lot of people want to say, do I just do a tutorial or do I talk about myself? And there's merit in both. I think you have to present content. If nobody knows who you are, they're not going to be searching for you and content about you. So that that's something that you have to understand from an entry point perspective. If it's about how to do something well, then make that the entry point, make that the headline, make that the selling point of the video, but then allow your personality to take it home because that's what's going to pe- bring people back to you. Mm. And so that's why you need both. And I think, I think that's a big piece of it. People have a hard time with that and they don't, they're like, Oh, I don't, but they're not going to like this. They're not going to like the personality. It's not good enough. Well then you know what? You're right. You should just not do it. But if you actually have a message that's worth sharing and there's something important about what you do and what people need to know, if this is important enough, all of this stuff's going to follow in turn. Your personality will just work. And that's it. People read too much into themselves and they forget the actual value proposition at the table. And when you do that, you're doing a disservice to the audience because you're thinking about yourself and not them the entire time, which is going to make the content a total failure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, there's, um, I think you've succinctly put that and I think in, in the book or one of your videos, I'm sure you cover this in the book, but, um, the idea of vulnerability, I think it's quite attractive as well, right? Like surely you find people open up to you because you kind of make yourself quote unquote, you know, maybe you don't make yourself vulnerable, but you are kind of putting yourself out there. Like mm. when you did that, that music video, like, man, you know, like, yeah. come on. Tell me so, about it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. And, and it sounds so pretty, right? Like just be vulnerable, just be imperfect, but it's not. 
and it's not really that fun to embrace. And I totally am understanding of that. And I write about that in the book, but it is what it is. I mean, in some respects, people are just like we talked about the mentors, right? I've never asked for Gary's time, but he's mentored me. Why? Because I'm watching what he does. I see what he does. I see how he analyzes things. I see how he reacts to things. I'm living vicariously through him in that moment. So a lot of that has to do with striving for something that maybe I don't have. And so I'm seeing something that I really like, and I'm hoping that I can eventually achieve that. But if that person isn't human on some level, I'm not going to believe it's even possible. Mm. So that's why you have to have that balance there. And that's why vulnerability is just like a requirement if you want to be human online because we are vulnerable as humans i want to the question just popped into my mind right like as you're saying that do you think um and like let's speak objectively here right like i obviously don't want you to burn any bridges or anything not like gary Vee listening to this but um do you think that sometimes sets an unrealistic expectation what gary does do you think that scares people like marcus sheridan talks about how he objectively talks about how um sometimes that's not good. Like, you know, the, I'm sure you got him on Snapchat as well. Like he's four o'clock in the airport and he's grinding and he's, he's just burning. And I know sometimes he talks about family as well, but I think sometimes that places a big pressure on people and maybe, and maybe I don't know him enough or consume enough of his content, but he doesn't really show that vulnerability side. So it makes it hard to appreciate, wow, this is actually possible. What are your thoughts on that? I think... I think everyone shows vulnerability in different ways. Um, and in that case, I do think it places a huge, when you're watching him, you, you're feeling a little bit like overwhelmed, right? Like how am I going to possibly achieve that? How am I ever going to be doing that much stuff? But the reality is, is it's just time management. He's literally just showing you what he does every day. It shouldn't make you feel less than because that's just what his life entails at this point. Mm. But he is showing you what hard work looks like. He's actually showing you what hard work, work looks like over a number of years that he's even in demand every minute of the day. So from a from a business growth perspective to, you know, everything else, what I like about him is that if you, uh, he's confident, he doesn't show vulnerability because he's confident his weaknesses he's confident in. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. That's tough. That's like the actual thing that people should be grappling with. Like, how do I be confident about what my weaknesses are and just let it be that. I think that's the thing that most people would strive to achieve from him. Most people will not strive to achieve working 18 hour days, five days a week. I don't think that people actually want that. But what he does for people like me who I'm at the airport four o'clock in the morning, I'm doing all these things and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what that life is like. But I have had to do a lot of things to get to that point. But I've also decided how I want to live my life. I've also decided that there are pockets of my week that I don't want to give away to clients and I have managed that properly. But when I watch his stuff, I don't feel like I should be working more. I watch his stuff and I think I love that that motivation to work a little bit harder is there. And it's confidence that I can always go to him to get energized around that. That's the thing. When we're watching anyone on video, it's because it's this huge, like 
just motivation for the extreme of what we wish for. But even if we just achieved a little bit more of that, we'd actually be in a better place. If somebody watches his content and therefore works one or two or three hours more per week because they just get that extra bout of motivation from him, that's a big shift for some people. That's, yeah. that's going to change. And I think that's why he talks about the, um, the five to two, the 5 PM to 2 PM, 2 AM sort of shift, right? Where it's like, Oh, if you got to work at night to get that side hustle going, because most people won't do that and that's okay, but they don't do it at all. So they go to work from nine to five and then they come home and they do nothing instead of the one hour or the two hours or the three hours in the evening that they could do to slowly get themselves but faster to where they want to be. Yeah. That's what I think he actually does for people is he motivates people to do a little bit more than they're already doing because there's always more you can do. And he proves that with as much as he does, he still has two whole days on the weekend that he'd probably rather be working, but he's with his family. Yeah. yeah so I think it's just the perspective of what does that hard work look like in your life, what does it mean to you to work a little bit harder? I think that's what he achieves. And the confidence in knowing what you want and that you don't want to be Gary Vee, but you may want something else. And that's what hard work looks like. Then be inspired by that. And I actually find it's really exciting to maybe graduate from the school of Gary at some point. I don't think it's ever going to happen for most people, but What's really exciting to me is that when I watch his videos, it's just for the enjoyment of watching a video. It's not because I feel like I need to be motivated to work more because I think he's done such a good job of doing that for me for the last five years that I've reached another level. And I'm so pumped about what that means for me because I'm busting my butt. I'm getting business and everything's growing. And now it's like, okay, what else can I learn? Because now I just watch him for the enjoyment. I don't watch him because I'm like, oh, I wish I, I wish things were different. I wish I was working harder. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fantastic. Does that make I sense? Love that. Yeah, I like that perspective. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit. So we've had a lot of people who uh, really specialize in the world of written content on the show and blogging and video by all accounts, you know, it's blowing up, you know, like for instance, 80% of the internet traffic by 2019 will be video. Uh, you're in a fantastic place because this place just keeps on exploding. And getting I know, I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> you're going to get busier. You need to create like mini, minion Amy's, you know, for you to oh, I get, know. It's so get true. stuff done. Uh, but what does that mean for the future of blogging? Like, what does that do to blogging now? Is there a place for it? Is it not a place for it? Where do you see that relationship heading? Blogging isn't going anywhere. I mean, we still, as much as there's technology out there that's listening to us and is watching our videos and helping us categorize it for what it actually is, the written word is super important when it comes to SEO, period. And even, um, just let me just give you a great example. I just wrote a book about making videos. Like, that makes no sense. So <laughs> the reason for that, though, is I don't decide the medium. People still read books. Why? Because the written word is still valuable. It's still how people learn. There are people that learn better that way. So with that being said, blogging is an absolute perfect companion to video because the two are going to help get your message across whether somebody is Googling or whether they are searching for on YouTube or whether they just click on things to watch it to see if it's the thing that they need because they don't want to read. It's going to help you reach more people. You can't just choose the visual learners or just 
choose the people that like to read. You need to be able to reach more people. If you're going to make that easier on yourself, then you need to have both. As a matter of fact, I've been just, just because of writing the book for me was, um, it was a task, <laughs> but I think it would have been less of a task if I was a better communicator in the written word. And I've been trying to make it a habit now to write more regularly so that many years down the road, probably not anytime soon, if I write my second book, that I will be in a better place writing wise to be able to get that done. With all of that being said, it, it just it just all matters. And I will write a blog post before I make a video now so that I can fully get the idea out and practice something that I'm actually not as good at to prep myself for a video. I don't need that whole blog post to make the video. I could make the video in five minutes just riffing. But I like that I can kind of write out my ideas because I know I'm going to need that blog post anyway to complement the video, to make that full package of a blog post on my website that's going to help me from an inbound perspective. Mm. So the future of blogging is still very bright because it isn't just a companion to video, but it's a heck of a good one. And just blogging is important. It just is. We, we're not going to keep making great content online without writing. And it really, you know, if, if you're great at it, we always say like focus on what you're, you're good at. So for me, um, you know, podcasting comes more naturally than written, but mm -hmm. one thing I'm, I'm trying to do myself. But you can't podcast without writing something. That's right. Like, how else is someone going to find out what this episode is about? That's what That's it comes right. down to. Go all in on your strengths. Like the podcast is your strength and the video is my strength, but it doesn't mean that these other things are going to help elevate that strength. Yeah, and it, it can help those mediums, right? So I need to make a Absolutely. better effort of, you know, uh, transcribing or not, not, not transcribing. That's a bad word. Repurposing this yeah. in blog format, you know, and, and the video helps that in big ways for written content as well. Um, Amy, can I tell you one thing that really surprised me about your book? Uh, What's that? So I knew it was going to be kick-ass about video, you know, like you talk about the, the video formula, which is, which is really, really epic. I'll have a screenshot in the show notes because we're not going to get time yeah. to do it justice here. Um, but what really surprised me, and hopefully this comes across in, in not an offensive way, but the ROI side, right? The ROI side, the, the money side, the objective side, like the strategic side. Because like, you know, and like, your world and what you do is fairly new to me. Right, so I've been trying to consume as much as possible, but you know, I thought, okay, cool. She's a vlogger. It's going to be all about kind of vlogging stuff and like lifestyle stuff and how to make videos cool. But no, like there was a really, there's a really strong component around avoiding vanity metrics, which I was like, oh wow, man, she's really, really clever. Like, there's a reason why she's making a living out of this. So that being said, and I ho hopefully you take that more of a, more of a compliment than anything. Else. I do, I do, because it's it's massively important. I so appreciate you pointing that out. I think a lot of people thought like this is just going to be a video manual, but vlogging is so much more than that. I mean, you have to cover so many more bases than just simply what kind of camera am I using? Because like you said, people give up. And why do they give up? Because they don't have a hundred subscribers. But if that's not why you're doing it, it's not why you're doing it. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So to that point, and you, you pretty much started on my, my question there, how do people avoid falling into that trap? Because it can be so alluring and so distracting. Um, what are your, your quick tips there on how you avoid that? I think, 
it just ends up being, how do you get real? Like get real about it. If you're really in this for the number of subscribers, then fine. Like then you, you're going to, you're going to work toward that number. And, and, and if you decide to give up, then you didn't work hard enough for me. When I first started making video, the metric for success was, I mean, a, I was, I was going hard on growing my email list because that mattered to me a lot. And, um, and so that's, that was a big thing for me because I knew the email list would convert clients and sales. So with that being the case, if I was making sales and I was getting clients, every video I did was worth it. So I wasn't looking at vanity metrics for that. I think a lot of people need to have a why bigger than that, because otherwise, if you're doing this for some number, that's never really going to write your paycheck then it's going to be really tough to be satisfied with anywhere that you are. A hundred becomes a thousand, a thousand becomes a million. And it's just, you're just going to be chasing something that literally doesn't actually mean anything for your bottom line. So I think you stay out of that by just being very real with yourself about why you're doing it. And that's why I said in the book, don't be afraid to just say why you're doing this. If you think it's cool to have a bunch of videos, but it only because it would be because of getting to a certain a certain vanity metric and it's not really about the video, then you probably could do something else and have an easier time doing it. But if you like the idea of having video content because it's helpful, because it's great customer service, because it's a great way to showcase what you do. It's a great way to showcase how you teach. Then that's a great reason for it to be the medium. In addition to the fact that that's how your viewers want it. And then you decide how do I directly relate success to this so I know what my call to action is going to be every time. And I'm hoping the vanity metrics will pick up and all that. But if people are watching it, the views are all that matter on YouTube. Views, watch time, that's all that matter. And pretty much everywhere else too. Views on Instagram, views on Snapchat, views on Facebook. That's all that pretty much matters. It, with that being the case, what is the direct tie-in to this actually showing success for you? If you are helping someone here, how do they show it? Are they hiring you? Are they buying your product? Are they taking a next step with you? What is that? And then if it's views to email subscribers or views to sales or views to whatever it is, what's the trickle effect here? Just be real about it. Most people don't do that. They just dive in. They think this is the gold rush of today and I'm going to go do this thing and it's just going to equal something amazing. Mm. What does that do for you? Not knowing what that amazing thing is that you're striving for. It's just not going to work. So it's not about pick a better goal. If your goal is, is, uh, a, something of vanity, then fine, but just go hard on that one thing and don't be mad about something else not being achieved. Like I don't have enough email subscribers. I don't have enough sales, but I've got a million subscribers. If that's the thing, that's the thing. Go hard on the goal. Be very real with yourself about what it is and you'll make the video every time. Yeah, 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 because that, that guiding why will, will push you. And yeah. You, you talk really good about that in the start of the book. Okay, so this is a cool one. So in the book, you talk about you were invited to YouTube's Next Up program. And I read it and I just remember thinking it's like some sort of Hogwarts for upcoming YouTube, <laughs> uh, YouTube stars, right? So exactly I'm like, what it is. Like, I'm like, wow. like what is it? magic wand and everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan, but you know like Stonecutters, that episode? No. Okay, well, it's like it's a play on Freemasons, like a secret society sort of thing, and I'm like, wow, like how cool would it be to be a fly on the wall? But I'm sure, I'm sure it was more business and you know less kind of what I'm yeah, in my yeah. head. <laughs> but there they spoke about because obviously it was how to kind of take you know upcomers like people from ten thousand and hundred thousand kind of you know subscribers to the next level, and they coach you on video production, all that kind of good stuff. And it's amazing how even with 
that sort of crowd, the questions people have are still quite basic. They're questions that everyone sort of has. My favorite one was around, and you say this in the book, it was the most common one, I believe, is how often to do video, the -hmm. frequency of video. Mm-hmm. specifically, you know, thinking about the audience here, my, my question was, because I, I started reading this, I'm like, oh man, the beauty of a, a podcast is I can actually ask the author a question. You mm-hmm. speak about like, okay, look, there's no golden rule, it depends, right, which is always the best answer, but if you had to have one, it's one per week. How different is that for a vlogger versus a brand? Because like by all accounts, everyone is saying this now, 50% of your content needs to be video. What should brands therefore be focusing on? Is it once a week? Is it, I know it's going to be, it, it depends, but what are your thoughts on the frequency when it comes to a brand? Well, when I, when I said it was once a week, that's industry standard for YouTube uploading in a channel like that. That's where they really want you to own it. Like just do the, just do the once a week and that's a good place to start as a brand that is realistically not enough because wow. you have to have a certain number of, but, but not let, let me rephrase. Once a week on YouTube would be fine. But if you were doing more than that per week, it could be in other places. How can you repurpose that content and leverage it for Instagram or Snapchat or, or Twitter or Facebook or whatever? You as a brand need to show up more often online than just once a week. I think that's the key component here. But the core content could be once a week on YouTube. That's totally fine. I personally think a brand can do more than that. But I agree with YouTube that if you can't own once a week, then you probably shouldn't be doing more than that. Really, really focus on that and and do a good job and then move on from there. But I just want, I don't want people to get confused when I say a YouTube channel uploading once a week may be enough. But as a brand, a person, a vlogger or a company, we're all brands that need to be out there and have those touch points with our viewers and our audience and our customers. How can you also have more contact with them? You go to other places. So that's why I just want to make the, you know, sort of Mm. distinguish that because once a week on YouTube would be fine, but you could do more. And instead of challenging yourself to do more there, try to find ways to share that message in other capacities on other networks and make the most of what you've done. Cool. Cool. So for your, your brand or your corporate clients, um, is, is that a similar message you're giving? You're, you're sort of saying, yeah, you've got to kind of, you know, you've got to approach it like a human on YouTube would. So do it once a week. Is that, is that something that's, that's quite common? Yeah. I'd rather, I would rather you be consistent. Mm-hmm. On, on the one thing and absolutely crush that and then get to a second or a third day a week then to go, okay, we're going to do five days a week and then fail miserably and then you don't show up for a couple months. Sure. Okay. So I think, I think it's all about consistency. If you prove you'll show up once a week and your audience starts to understand that and they keep coming back and keep coming back, that's an amazing thing to be able to grow. You want to scale up. You don't want to scale back. So that's, I mean, that's what I would do on, on YouTube. This is not the same on Facebook. Everywhere else is totally different because YouTube videos are going to last for years to come. I've got videos still working for me on a daily basis that I made five years ago. They, the archive is something you're investing in on Facebook. Your video is going to die if you're lucky in 48 hours, mm. unless it's like this massively shared viral sensation, which doesn't happen for most people. And that's okay. So you have to keep that in mind. You have to show up more often on Facebook because things don't last as long on Facebook where YouTube, a video can bring you traffic for every hour and day and years to come. So yeah, it's, it's just a little different. So I always speak about there's no such thing as a magic pill. 
and it's funny like you speak to really successful people like yourself there's there's commonalities that come out there's no shortcuts you know like I often ask one of the things that I'm trying to do is, is a path that you've already taken is become a, a speaker so every little kind of event I can do I try to jump onto and, and the advice I sort of get there is yeah there's no shortcuts you got to do it so speaking of no shortcuts at the same time people still want a shortcut <laughs> so I want to mm-hmm. ask you about I found it really really funny in a way that you had uh, a chapter on the secret right mm-hmm. because like obviously there's, there's no shortcut and it's not supposed to be right. a shortcut so Amy, what can we tell people about The Secret without kind of giving too much away? Because we want them to bloody go buy this book, right? I think <laughs> so. they're going to buy it anyway. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to unveil The Secret because it's just it's, – it's sort of a silly title because it's not a secret. What the key to everything we do is, certainly with video, but everything, is to create something that's worth sharing. That's like – that's the gold, right? We want the retweets. We want the shares. We want that word of mouth. When somebody says something to themselves about how amazing your work is and says, I must share this with my friends and my family, I want to have continued conversations about this, not just in the comment section of Facebook, but when we have dinner next week. Oh my gosh, remember that video? It was so funny. Or that thing. It was so funny. What is it that makes somebody want to share something? That's what we're always thinking about when we're doing this. And that's what you should be thinking about when you publish your video. When you publish your video, the secret to it doing well is truly being able to say, if I hadn't made this, if I wasn't in this, if this wasn't my mastermind, it's so good, I still would have shared it with my friends Mm -hmm. and my family. That's what we're trying to do. That is what we're trying to achieve. And that's the secret for video. Is it something that people would want to share? Yeah, because that's that's where virality comes from. But bottom line, that's just where word of mouth, where people talk about you and the work you do. That's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. I think if as a like a mad shortcut, if someone follows the whole idea of you know you talk about having a strategy proposition, if someone follows that and has that pasted on their screen, Mm -hmm. and then they follow that rule of the limits test of would I watch that, would I share that, I think you know Mm -hmm. you can't really go wrong. Okay, so th- that's all the questions I had, but in the spirit of vulnerability, right, and I'm, I don't know, I'm, I feel like this is a bad idea already. Um, so yeah. I, was really, I was really inspired by Mariah Carey, uh, you know, redo yeah. of, for Gary V. and although I didn't put in the work like that, um, I don't know, I feel like I had to do this, like I, I thought I could embarrass myself and drop a couple of bars for you right here, right now as a bit of a thank you. Okay. Is it? Okay, you're, you're probably going to cringe, and unfortunately, it's not a um, podcast, so you can't hide your cringe, but let's see how this goes, okay? Yeah? Okay. Great. Okay. All right, let's see. Okay, can you hear that? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, let's just cue this up, right? All right, cool. I know what music you're sort of into, so hopefully, you know. I love this makes... song. Okay, all right. You want to be my hype man? No, I'm listening. No? Okay, all right, cool. All right, let's go. If it's leads that you want, man, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss. If it's traffic that you need, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss. If it's trust that you build, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss, blog it like a boss. I got an iPhone 6 and some $100 lights. A tripod and a mic, I can drop, that's all right. There we go. Oh, that's that it. was fabulous. 
Yes. Oh my God. I need that. I need, I cannot wait to like listen to this podcast back. That was so great. Okay. You know what? Like I, if, if, you, if you like that, I, cause I was like, man, I, I can so do it. I can do it. I'll do the whole thing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to get time to, but I'm, at least I'm going to do that. So just the That's reaction was worth so it. so fabulous. Please. Oh, my gosh. So I'll, good. I'll, Thank I'll tw- you. I'll tweet you a version. I'll tweet you a version of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Amy, oh, that was so Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. I'm seriously not kidding. This book is seriously the best book on video you could buy. Um, oh. I'm, I'm kind of making it a habit to have a featured book of the month as well. So this definitely takes the cake. Thank you so very, very much. And I wish you every success. And it's very inspiring to watch. It's my pleasure, Moby. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit. If you ever come down under, I'll be the the seven minute. Actually, I'll take you the long way so that way I get more time. Uh, The airport (laughs) route. So, uh, yeah. you, you know, it's funny. I should have done the same thing, but then I got afraid that I was like driving him on the freeway and I just was like, <laughs> nope, we're, we're going the regular route. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just take no chances.